0: All right, welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast, the NBA edition. He is Martin Weiss. I'm Rob Parker. Yes, the youngin thinks he knows about the NBA. He I don't think I know.
1: Night. I show I know every day on Twitter. Because I show I know.
0: No, I, there you go, because you know he's trying to make a couple of shekels and he thinks that he knows. I've been covering the league. Since 1987, I was in Cleveland when Michael Jordan made that shot over Craig Elo. I, I was in the Boston Garden when the Rats got stuck to the to the parquet floor.
1: Yes, YouTube.com. I've seen it all. YouTube.com. I've seen it all. How about that?
0: Uh, no, nah, it's not the same, my man. It's not the same. But anyway, what's up, Martin? How you doing?
1: Doing well, man. I'm over here in the city. So nice. They named it twice. New York, New York, visiting my younger sister, and uh I'm in Brooklyn today, and I decided that Wednesday night no k d no harden, you know what? I think I'm gonna fade the nets, and oh man, the lines opened at five and a half, which covered however, I got seven, which didn't cover for obvious like the worst beat I've had in two weeks, but it's just ironic because I'm in Brooklyn, and I bet against Brooklyn, so now this city has a nasty taste in my mouth for at least until tonight when I'm with my next man.
0: I get get it. Brooklyn, at least you're in New York. Is the weather good? Is the the weather good there? A little chilly. Uh,
1: I have been, I'm realizing at this point, I've been incredibly spoiled by weather for the last, what, three, four years of my life because it is probably 50 and gray and it looks like the end of the world to me outside. So I don't understand. I just don't know why the sun hasn't come back out yet. You know, like where, where are you, California?
0: We are. I know. Once move to Southern California. Everything other than 75 and sunny is bad. All right, now let's welcome to the podcast a friend of mine, a friend of Martin, one of the best basketball writers in this country. He works for ESPN's Undefeated, Mr. Mark Spears. Mark, welcome to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast, NBA Edition.
2: What's happening, man? Hey, Rob. I want to just thank you, man, for everything you've done for me. Uh, you were one of my first mentors. I would send you my copy and mail it to you, and you would mail it back to me with a bunch of red red uh, scribble on it. And uh, I, I still use some of your your teachings when you write in a story, and somebody says uh, in a quote, I think, you know, Rob Parker told me to take the I think out. I always remember that. But I want to just thank you for your love and your mentorship and how many people you have helped. I have no idea, but you didn't have to do it and you did it. So it just speaks volumes about you as a as a man and as a mentor, man.
1: So thank you. I appreciate that. more. Well, real quick, Rob, real quick, Rob. Well, we're on the Rob Parker Appreciation Hour. I do want to say Rob Parker took me to my first NABJ where I met you, Mark Spears. And you told me, I don't even know if you remember this, but you told me offhand, you said, no, I didn't feel like anybody gave a damn about what I had to say until I turned 30. And you said, just remember that. I'm 31 now, and now we're doing a podcast together. (laughs) Well, there it is. There it is.
2: Somebody listened to what I had to say, too,
1: huh? I'm just saying, while we're in this moment, before we get into the basketball talk, I just felt like I couldn't let that one go by.
2: No, I appreciate it, it, bro.
1: no doubt. All right, let's talk
0: about it. And the surprise today, of course, Lamarcus Aldridge uh, retiring a regular heartbeat. He was, missed uh, two Nets games, and people were wondering because, Mark, the report was it was, not, it was non-COVID, so people were trying to figure out why he wasn't playing, and we found out the answer today. Your thoughts on, on his uh, retirement? Uh,
2: man, I'm, number one, I'm happy – He's healthy, he's fine. Um and that we we didn't have another tragedy to talk about. You know, I remember being in high school when Hank Gather's passed and how much that crushed me. And, you know, remember the Reggie Lewis stories and and then Lamarcus is a very, very smart guy, man. He he left when the right at the right time and luckily he was blessed enough to have some years behind him and, and some Major success that I deserve. I believe deserves to put him in the Hall of Fame. But he was always gracious to me. Uh, I think he really had a strong mentality because if you remember when he came into the league, there was a guy named Greg Oden, and there was also a guard named Brandon Roy who got all the accolades and all the attention, and he was kind of an afterthought, even though he was a high pick too, and so. He ended up being the one that had the best career of the three, patiently waiting his turn to be the star. And boy, was he ever a star. I mean, he, he could hit a mid-range jumper as good as anybody. He couldn't block it. Scoring the post, he could dunk. Kind of was Tim Duncan-ish in a way where, you know, he didn't do a bunch of crazy dunks and this, that, and third. And he kind of just played and went home. Wasn't too loud or too vocal. But he, he was a pleasure to watch, and he was a pleasure to get to know as a person. And ho- hopefully I had the opportunity to shake his hand one day and say, well done, and, and, and I'm glad that you are okay.
1: I, I know my first, when I think of LaMarcus Aldridge, I just remember that those, those two games in Houston, the one that Damian Lillard ended up ending the series, but LaMarcus Aldridge could not miss a mid-range jumper. Like, they, there was nothing they could do to stop him in that series. I, that's my, like, lasting memory. Of just his prime dog when he was at his best, uh you know, I just thought it was a, thought he was really a good player, and it's good to see that he's gonna be able to retire and maintain his health um, but I'd have to ask you about a guy that I know you cover often and have been up there a lot. You're in the Bay Area. Steph Curry is going insane right now. The baby faced assassin is going nuts, but last night he ended up three pointers three three pointers made away. From Klay Thompson's record of fourteen, he had eleven and twenty-nine minutes of play. Mark, do you think that 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 uh, Steve Kerr should have let Curry break the record, even though they were winning by a half a trillion points?
2: Um, uh, no, nah, because I think you have to respect the game, and in respecting the game, you don't rub it in somebody's face. The the biggest problem with it was the score wasn't close. Had the score been close, I think Steph would uh you know had his opportunity. But in the same token, shoot, that was the reason why I wasn't close. (laughs) But the way he played and also Draymond Green's triple-double, I mean, he I've been uh, watching in person a lot of what he's been doing since 2009 when he was drafted. I had covered the Celtics for the Boston Globe and got a job at Yahoo Sports in 2009. Moved back home to the Bay. just happened to be the same year that the Warriors got this kid named Stephen Curry. And so I've gotten to know him from the beginning and the same great person from the amazing background that he was then, the same person now. I actually just um, interviewed him for a story I did about him and Lee Elder trying to get more uh, Blacks into golf. And um, Steph definitely giving Mr. Elder a lot of kudos and everything. And it's just, um, he's just an amazing person. So he, he's easy to root for um, because he's class personified and he's also worth the price of admission, even if the team isn't great. Like I remember when, you know, even when Kobe had 81, um, that team wasn't a good team, right? You know, you got to remember the right. Chris Mim years and, the, you know, some of those, uh, you know, Kwame Brown years, and stuff like that. But fans still came because... They wanted to see a show, and he always put on a show. And the same thing certainly could be said with this struggling Warriors team for Stephen Curry as well. He always is going to put on an amazing show. And with all due respect to Jerry Rice, to uh, Joe Montana, to Ricky Henderson, to Barry Bonds, he is the greatest athlete, pro athlete ever to come out of the ever to play in the Bay.
0: Stop! Stop, Mark. I am about to say, I, Rob Parker, you're a robot. I cannot sign off on that, Mark Spears. You gotta stop with this. I mean, I, uh, Steph Curry's a great player, but really, better than the home run king? Better than Willie Mays, who played in the Bay Area? Are you? Uh, I yeah. mean, better? Yeah. Well, I mean, well one one
2: guy is tainted. See when I when I say the greatest. I talk about, I mean, not only what you did on the court, but what you've done off the court.
0: All right, you're talking about, so, okay, done, the play. he ain't better than somebody, Ricky Henderson and uh, somebody. Uh, uh, I
2: can't,
0: I can't, I think we get. Uh, I mean, the only
2: only guy I think you could make an argument in terms of popularity and impact on the Bay is maybe Jerry Wright.
0: Joe Montana was 4 0 in the Super Bowl, 11 touchdowns, no picks won three MVPs. He threw, he had to throw two touchdowns. In terms of
2: popularity, he eclipsed Joe.
0: Wow. That's hard for me to believe, especially. Here's what you
2: got to, here's what you got to remember, Rob. For so long, there were two teams, football teams in the Bay, until one decided to uh, snake their way out. There were also, for the second time, and there's also been two baseball teams. So in a lot of ways in the Bay, like, either like one team or the other, the one benefit that the Warriors do have is that there is no competition.
0: Right. I get so that.
2: Everybody in the Bay loves them. It's not split. You know, so either you're a Ricky Henderson guy or you're, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody back then with the Giants, but or, or Barry Bonds guy. You know what I mean? It's either one or the other. Either do you like, you know, Jim Plunkett or you like or Marcus Allen or, or you like, you know, Jerry Rice and, and, and Joe Montana? There, there's no middle ground with Steph. You'll see, you know, pic- pictured, pictured murals on walls in Oakland, in, in San Francisco and in San Jose. And I don't ever remember another athlete having that kind of adoration.
0: Our guest is Mark Spears from ESPN's Undefeated, one of the best basketball writers uh, in this country, joining the uh, Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, the NBA edition. Uh, I was disappointed, Mark. I got to admit, the NBA has let me down a number of times on national games. We saw it. I I really wanted to see Philadelphia and the Nets last night in Philly, you know, the two teams with the best records in the Eastern Conference. And Fully, yeah. and fully was, was full strength, but the Nets wound up sitting down, you know, Kevin Durant, obviously James Harden is hurt, Kyrie played, but there was also no Blake Griffin. And then, of course, LaMarcus Aldridge, we found out, had a real health issue. But did that, does, that, does that hurt the league when, when these national games, you know, and guys don't play or they get rested? Yeah. How can the league fix this, Mark?
2: Well, I, I guess it worked in their benefit for it not to be on TVN, right? You know, because uh, nationally they saw Doncic make that crazy shot, so that right. was, uh, you know, great for television. Um, yeah, I mean, it's there's this has been an injury plague season. I don't know if I should blame it on. I mean, obviously COVID has had its impact, and in, in being so many gangs pushed. Together has had its impact, but, you know, if you're not the the Lakers, I was worried about them because they only had 73 days off. Miami Heat only had 73 days off, but there were a lot of teams that that had a significant amount of time off. So I think it's mutually exclusive in terms of every team, uh, in terms of these, like, injuries and stuff like that. And as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, Unfortunately, like, they're going to be more and more teams kind of trying to pick and choose what they want to do with their players because, you know, the, I, th- I found it interesting that the Nets did play Durant in Minnesota, but didn't play him the n- next night. My assumption was that right.
0: Why
1: couldn't they're going
2: to have him play, play in uh, Philadelphia.
1: What do you make of, like, d- I feel like, the, like the, with the deal, the load management, though, and then this year feels different because of COVID and all that. But we were already on the way to where load management was becoming a problem, depending on how you look at it, right? But hearing guys like Steve Nash now say, because, I mean, you can use the COVID and the testing, as, I don't want to say it's an excuse, but as, 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 a, as a further reason as to why you want to load manage players. But just the idea of a guy like Steve Nash saying it's better to be healthy in, in mid-April, I mean, in mid-May than it is in mid-April, which is obviously true. But that idea kind of kills the idea that the regular season even matters, right? When you went like
2: you know it, but it it, 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 it could end up biting you. And where it bites you at is seating. Where it bites you at is having to play in a in a your playing game now. So they could, you know, what what did they say in the Wizard of Oz? You want to play with fire, Scarecrow? You know, right? Uh, right. It, it can it could end up burning them because it, you know now it looks like the Lakers as possible could end up playing in the play or being the sixth seed and playing the Clippers in the, in the first round, you know? Um, so that, there are teams that, you know, you play that rest game and then you end up playing somebody you didn't really want to play or, or maybe losing a seed by a game or two. If you would have just played somebody in the first place, perhaps you wouldn't have been in that position. So there's a, you know, certainly a
1: catch 22 with it. Right, especially in the playoffs where it's all about matchups. Yeah. Mark, last thing,
0: we're going to let you fly man and we appreciate your time and your uh insight. Uh this is a crazy year when you talk about the NBA MVP. Giannis won it the last two years. It was pretty obvious and pretty convincing. Too many guys this year. Mark have uh been hurt, LeBron too many games. Uh you know, some people might think Embiid missed over 20 games. You know, that might knock him out in some people's minds. Um, you know, Kawhi is, is there. Also, Harden was playing great for the Nets. He's missed some games. You know, his exit from Houston might hurt his chances as well. Uh, who, who do you like? And then, you know, Chris Paul's name has come up. Who do you like yeah. uh, for the MVP right here and right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, even a lot of people have been wanting to just hand deliver it to Joker. But due to Jamal Murray's injury... Right. I think they're going to, like, the Denver could step back. So when you – people have to remember, it's funny that we get these weekly updates about this award. But this award is a pound-for-pound pound award. It's an award for the entire season. And I don't think any rider should turn into your ballot early. You should wait to the last game is played before you turn in any ballot. You should right. really evaluate the entire season. And when I was voting, I don't know more. Uh, But when I was voting, I would turn in, the season always ended on a Wednesday, and I would turn in my ballot Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon. I just felt like the players deserve that, you know? And so, like, shoot, it two months ago, LaMelo Ball was the runaway rookie of the year, right? Right. And then he got hurt. So this is going to be, for those that are voting, going to be as challenging as it's ever been trying to figure it out. I, I do think what you say about Chris Paul is something that I think could gain some momentum. Uh, why nobody's mentioned from the Jazz, like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, I don't know. Uh, Embiid also, I, I obviously has been mentioned. Um, so I, I do think there's a lot of different candidates to choose from. And uh, it, it it shouldn't be a popularity contest it should be uh, who basically had the greatest impact on their team, and uh, I would not be surprised if more momentum is built for uh, if if the Suns if the Suns have the number two seed. Like to me, Chris Paul has built a a great argument for himself.
0: All right, his name is Mark Spears, one of the best in the business. Proud to call him a friend. And I stick by my
2: Stephen Curry statement. I stick by it. <laughs> three titles for a team that was absolutely dreadful. All
0: right, absolutely Mark. Dreadful. Mark, also, wait a minute. Let me push back again before I let you go. He's also... Barry Bonds
2: did not win a championship.
0: He, he also is the author of the biggest choke in NBA Finals history with his 73-win team... Choked down a championship, up 3-1, to one, two games in the Bay. They they didn't lose three games all year. Yeah, and yeah. There, there,
2: there's, a, there's a lot to that series, though.
0: No, nah, I mean, they lost. Really
2: break down that series. Oh, I
0: want Steph no, to I mean, win. I got
2: game. <laughs> Andrew Bogut got lost for the last two games of the series. There, 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 uh, there was there was some, some other things going on wrong there. Now, did he have a great game that game?
0: No. Definitely not
2: told me If you would have told me ten
1: years ago that the Warriors would
2: as as little as make it to the finals, I would have cracked up laughing at you for like
1: 30 minutes. See the problem that you the problem that you did, Mark, you, you invoked Joe Montana and Rob Parker at all at every single every single instance is is licensed to defend Joe Montana against any and all forthcomers, including Tom Brady. So that that, that was really the the bear that (laughs) you poked. I don't think it was all Steph. It was a lot of that Joe Montana in there too.
0: All right. Well, anyway, Mark, man, stay well, man. I appreciate you. Love you, bro. Thank you.
1: Thanks, guys. Love you
2: guys too, man. Y'all take care.
1: Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Add a little excitement to your sports watching experience by betting on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. There's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Their app is simple to use. They've got great ads on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same-game parlays, exclusive always-on promotions such as enhanced odds boosts on the biggest events to let you get more action out of every game day. And if you win, they get you your winnings and safely in as little as 24 hours. I mean, it's easy to use, fast withdrawals, odds boosts. What more could you possibly want out of your sportsbook? So right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place your first bet on anything and FanDuel refund you $1,000 back if you don't win. No strings attached. Any bet you want, if you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you get your whole bet back. Your whole bet back up to $1,000 in site credit. Now me, I'm putting that on my same game parlay. I'm not putting $1,000 on it because I've already made my first bet, but I'm putting something on it. I like the Pistons money line and the under for the Pistons and Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday night. So if you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Go play that. Go play something else. Whatever you do, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started, and be sure to sign up with promo code LP3. Let so they know that me and Rob sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code LP3. So the marquee game of the night last night, we just talked a little bit about it with Spears, but – you had the Nets and, 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 and all of their injury concerns and resting and all of that. Well, it all came to bear last night against the Philadelphia 76ers in a game that should have been the Eastern Conference marquee matchup of the year. Instead, it ends up with the Philly getting a six-point win. Um, but it took that six-point win took a 20-2 run in the fourth quarter with Kyrie Irving on the bench uh, throughout that 20-2 run. Rob, did you learn anything in particular from this game, which should have been two Titans? Instead, it was a Titan and the bench.
0: No, nah, I didn't learn anything. I really didn't. And, you know, we had Eddie House, the former NBA guard, uh, champion, Celtic, all that, on the radio show, The Odd Couple. And he said this is classic where one team doesn't want to show the other team their cards. That's why – they decided not to play Kevin Durant and all that, and that makes sense because you easily could have played uh, Kevin Durant in that game and kept him out against Minnesota, which they won by 90. You know what I mean? Like they could have won that game without Durant. So there's some game- gamesmanship going on, Martin. Uh, here, here as we get closer to what a month or so before the playoffs start. So I think that that, but I didn't get anything from the game and and the idea that that. Uh, you know, Embiid had to get up off the bench after coming out to get back in to secure the win. That should have been a blowout. Was ridiculous. You know, because the Nets uh, mop up squad—they just—they—they—they they, they rolled.
1: That's what I took from this game, honestly. Because I mean, I've been sitting here the last three weeks telling you, you know, these guys need to play together. What happened to team ball? What happened to you know? This is the this is just Clippers part two. I've seen this movie before of all this. Injury reports, guys not playing all, so on and so forth. But, like, for, for guys three through eight on this team in the Brooklyn Nets to just come back like that in the fourth quarter versus 76ers to me, like, I'm I'm almost there. I'm almost there with you guys. I'm almost there with you and Chris. I'm not quite, but I'm almost there. Oh, I don't, okay, so you're moving up now. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm still going. I'm still leaning L.A. I still like the Lakers. I still like the fact that that team has already won a championship together, but I mean, damn, dude! If if the Bruce Browns of the world are going to go ahead and go toe to toe with the Ben Simmons and, and Tobias Harris and and, and Joel Embiid, as Shannon Sharp would say, it might be goodnight, Irene. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right, because
0: do. they shouldn't be doing that when in a game, right? Where, where no Durant and no Harden. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when you add those to the mix, it wasn't like those guys got run over. They 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 mopped up
1: uh, Philly when they, when they came. Especially to hear the way that Spears was just talking about it. Like, these guys are not concerned about these regular season games so much unless it comes down to the seeding, right? Or if it comes down to, you know, the matchup. And if you're the Brooklyn Nets, do you really care? If it, I mean, especially with the second half of the Eastern Conference looking the way it does. Do you really care if you're the one seed or the two seed? No. No, you don't. Because it, it's not about that. You know, it doesn't matter. Because eventually you'll be playing the one seed or the two seed in the Eastern Conference Finals regardless. And, hell, there's not even – there's limited fans in the stands, so game seven on the road may not even matter that much. Right?
0: Yeah. It definitely ain't the old days, right, to pick because you're not going to have a full arena, and it does it doesn't factor in.
1: The biggest thing I learned out of this next game – is I uh, if if you're a doubter like me, still I can't blame anybody for hopping off the boat. I can't blame anybody for hopping off the boat at this point. But I, I am me. It's like it's like me and uh, it, Tom uh, Tom Hanks and the volleyball Wilson. We're the last ones on the island. I feel like, and that's probably Mark, what it should be.
0: Hang on there, hang on there a little bit longer. But uh, I think you're starting to see the light.
1: So one team that I'm absolutely not seeing the light on although one star on it has been exceptional. Zion Williamson has been great. The New Orleans Pelicans have not. What,
0: what is What is? It, Martin? That's, that's your hometown team, and they have some good young players. I'm not saying they were supposed to make a run to the NBA Finals or anything, but I'm shocked at how many bad lost, how many games they've lost, and how, you know, they're really not in the mix for the play. I'm stunned that they're not, especially thinking this is, you know, a second year. You know,
1: a little bit to me. I think it's kind of unexplainable, but then I feel like you kind of look at the roster and outside of Ingram, Zion, like you don't really have too many guys who are true shot creators. And I feel like you're wondering if, Ingram is the shot creator that we thought that he was going to be right when the Lakers drafted him second. Cause, I mean, obviously, he was an all star, but it's just like it. I mean, we're ta- they were talking about him like he projected to be like a Kevin Durant or even like like a Michael Porter Jr. is to me a more willing scorer at times than a Brandon uh, Brandon Ingram is, and I think that probably might be part of the issue there. Honestly, um, I just think they're a young team and. Zion has to find a way for his incredible numbers to impact winning. And I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but as of right now, it's not happening, right? Like, um. so, but I do think it'll be something that comes with time. I think that, I wonder if the Pelicans are bad kind of by design right now, right? In this I, I don't, short I, and this shortened gear.
0: I can't believe that I, because I know what you're saying, but I... They got enough young guys already there. They should be doing better more. I'm not saying world beaters, but and and he's unstoppable at the rim, okay? Like unstoppable. And 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 despite that, they still, I mean, who did they lose to last night? The Knicks. The like Knicks, they,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're getting steamrolled. They they're losing to everybody. I mean, they really really struggled and this is not what I thought. Last year the NBA tried desperately. You remember to get them in to the playoffs, right? Inviting them to the bubble.
1: Yeah. Where, where they, a- created, they created a whole play-in tournament. <laughs> like that's, that's That was right. almost the reason why, right? I mean, I, totally you know, that was, I thought it at least. They created no, a whole tournament to try to get them in there. And it turned out to be Damian Lillard and John Moran, who stole the show uh, in the play-in last year. But I just feel like with Zion, he's so unique. He, I mean... How many how, everybody compares him to Charles Barkley, and I didn't see Barkley in his prime, right? Or hell, past his prime, really. I saw him on YouTube, but I don't, I don't know anybody who has the explosiveness. He hits, he hits centers like he's a defensive tackle. You know what Mike. I'm saying? Like he, he's he's hitting guys like that, and guys are going flying. He's he's easily the strongest player in the league. So I just feel like it's going to be a level with him finding out finding his touch. Finding his finesse, I think that if, as the further he gets away from the basket, the better the Pelicans will be. Because he'll always have that, he'll always have that ability to, well, always as long as he's you know st- keeping that athleticism doesn't get hurt, that type of deal. He'll always have, a, have that ability to get to the room, kind of like at will against defenders. So I think the further he gets away, the more they embrace Point Zion and and get him as a as a distributor and a ball handler. I think this team will be a lot better. And then they'll get a point guard. And then you could have two guys that can actually be handling the ball, facilitating. Because right now, I don't think that's the case. And I think that's probably one of their major problems on offense. So we just wrapped up an MVP conversation with Mark Spears. But i got to give one guy credit here, Rob Parker, because he said it first. And he said it to us. But he said it first. And I hadn't heard it anywhere. But now I'm starting to hear this a lot more places. Rashad Phillips came on early. I believe we were on The Odd Couple together. And told us that Chris Paul, by the end of the year, was going to be getting some MVP consideration. Now, at the moment, neither one of us laughed at Rashad Phillips because we know he's a respected basketball analyst. If he says something, you should listen to it. But both of us, I feel like we're like, kind of like, all right, buddy, I don't know about all of that. right? So we're here that we're like, all right, so we're looking at through those rose-colored glasses. But here on April 15th, where I sit, Chris Paul's got to be in the conversation. Oh, if not almost by default, he's played the whole season. His team is in the top three in the West, and right now his team's better than than uh, than the Nuggets. And everybody's trying to give it to, you, to Jokic right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The Jokic thing might not happen because obviously uh, Murray's injury and the team will probably slide some, so that'll hurt him. Uh, I think Chris Paul could be considered because of where uh, Phoenix was last year. They didn't make the playoffs, and here they are, an addition. But sometimes, you know, but Devin Booker is just as big of a part of what's going on as well. And I get it. So sometimes that Martin will split the vote. Right. You know, 100 I mean? like percent watching saying, yeah, Chris Paul has done his thing. But without Devin Booker, this team wouldn't be that good. So I think that's where he gets lost in the sauce and where he probably won't get it. But he's had a big impact. There's no doubt about it. We've seen that with Chris Paul. The problem we've had with him is that he can't finish the job, right? The Clippers that he was on, he was running that team. That team should have made a run to the finals. They never got to the conference finals with Chris Paul and some of the talent that that team had. Uh He went to Houston. Obviously he got hurt, but that didn't work out. He got shipped out of there. He got OKC to the playoffs. Remember people thought the world was falling after they blew up OKC. They sent Chris Paul there. So he's done this and he's a really good player and he 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 can lead a team, but I'm not so sure if it's all about him. And that's why I don't think he will win the uh, MVP.
1: I don't think he'll win it either. I do think that Devin Booker has more of an impact on like the day in, day out games, like actual, you know, fourth quarter last week coming down. But I think that Chris Paul being the adult in the room for Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton. And that type of situation, I think that is what kind of changed the vibes, right? You see, like when he was in when he was a Clipper, there was all these contentions between him and Blake Griffin you know, and between him and DeAndre Jordan. For none of that of the Valley of the Sun this season, right? Everybody seems to be the biggest Chris Paul fan of all time, um, and I, I, he's obviously dynamic. I am not gonna rule anything out in this season that apparently we lose a star a day. Right. Chris Paul might be the MVP just by standing by the last guy standing on the top of the hill by the time this thing is all said and done. But I definitely think he deserves to be in the conversation at this point. All right. All right, Rob. We're picking games for Friday this time. Okay, so these are Friday, April 16th games, early lines right now. One of our former home teams, the Detroit Pistons, are seven point favorites. And, you know, it's hard to say the Pistons should be favored against seven versus anybody until you realize they're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. Rob, who you got in this game? Oklahoma City, their
0: stats against the spread are horrific, Martin, are horrific. They are a bad team. One in seven against the spread in their last eight, one in eight in their last nine games against the Eastern Conference, one in four in their last five games against the Central Division. I mean, the Pistons are at least five, twelve, and one in their last eighteen in April against the spread. I'm going to take the Pistons. I'm going to take. You know what? They lost the other night to the Clippers uh, by two. I'm going to take the Pistons. That they don't get to win that often. Here's a chance to get a win with a bad team in OKC. I say the Pistons jump on them, and I'm going to take. I'm going to give up the seven points. I got the Pistons by
1: ten in this game. I'm going Pistons as well. So. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody. I agree with Rob Parker. But the Oklahoma City Thunder are the worst team in a league with three really, really bad teams, right, between Houston and Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Like, you watch Oklahoma City play, which I've done once or twice because I had the props on that Polishevsky dude. That team, I don't understand how they're fielding a team. They've been addicted to losing by 30 since the All-Star break. I'm taking the Pistons, who feel like they're trying to make something shake. I'm, now, don't get me wrong; they're flat out bad too. But when they right. let Blake Griffin go, when they bench Blake Griffin, it's a sign. Okay, we're moving on to the future. We're trying to build these parts. You got Sadiq Bay going. You got some other young pieces going in Detroit that are just gonna They're going to let them play through it. I think they they play through. I think they play right through Oklahoma City today, uh, tomorrow night. I don't see how they hang in there, and so we'll go from there. To another pretty bad team, the New Orleans Pelicans are going to Washington D.C. in a game that's now a pick'em on the line. They take on the Wizards. Rob, who do you got in that game?
0: That's another one of those games. New Orleans is really bad, uh, three and eight uh, against the spread in their last eleven against Washington. So there's something there, like Washington. Has their number? You know what? I'm I'm gonna go with Washington. The Pelicans are reeling right now. 0-7 uh, straight up in their last seven. How about that, Martin? 0-7. Jeez. 0-7 um, in the I... last their last seven games on the road versus Washington. So straight up. So I'm gonna go with Washington. I'm gonna pick Washington here. And a uh, couple times they got they still got firepower. They're not that great of a team, but I think I still think that they're better than where New Orleans New Orleans is in a bad place right now.
1: I'm going with Washington. Oh boy, here we go again because I am riding with Bradley Beal and the Wizards, man. I mean, what? Russell Westbrook has had a triple-double in like 10 of the last 11 games. It's it, it's I'm not Washington is no good. They're terrible. They're absolutely horrible. But the Pelicans play no defense. They play no defense whatsoever. Now, that's not to say Washington plays great defense. But Washington has Russ and Brad Beal, and this version of Russ in the last 15 games or so has been incredible, right? He hasn't been throwing up those four for 20 stinkers like, you know, Russ might be prone to do on, on occasion. So I'm going to ride with Bradley Beal and Russ, and golly, I'm, I'm agreeing 2-0 on Rob Parker. I'm going to even gamble on Friday. This is concerning. No, is bad. Uh-huh. Gonna say, you might
0: not want to put these shekels down uh, messing with me. All right, why don't you do the game three? I'm going to let you you start. Go ahead. The third game you started, and this one you won't feel like you're piggybacking or trying to get off on my picks.
1: All right, guys. So the next game that we go to will be the Indiana Pacers versus the Utah Jazz. Right now the line's sitting at 10, which is just an incredible amount for a basketball game, like a 10-point line. I just – everybody who – if you bet this league on a, on a semi-consistent basis, just look at the results night by night and tell me how many of the results are by over 15 points because it's not many. There may be a 20-point no, blowout the, uh, at some, some point in the game. I, no, right, no right. but but overarchingly, just off the top of my head, over 60% of NBA games end within 10, within a margin of 10. You know what I'm – but this one right here is not going to be one of those games. I'm done. I'm done betting against the Utah Jazz. I'm done. I quit. I give up. I give up. I'm taking you the 10 You lost a pair of
0: Jordans to them, didn't you? I'm sorry. Not I didn't mean to yet. I up.
1: didn't lose anything. I didn't lose anything. Not yet. However, yeah, Utah Jazz, I mean, at this point, the only thing that would make me concerned that they are not going to cover this spread is if, like, Sabonis is, like, a full go and feels really good. But outside of that, man, the, the Pacers aren't great, and the Jazz are. The Jazz are just the Jazz are just a great team. And at this point, I wish I had came around to them sooner because I would have made a lot more money. But I'm taking the Jazz.
0: I'm gonna buck here where we we part ways right here. I'm gonna go with Indiana. Indiana four and one straight up in their last five games. Uh, five and one straight up, Martin, uh, in their last six games on the road. Um 10 points is a lot. I say that Utah will probably win, but Indiana will cover. They'll get the 10 points and I and I think that they'll cover. So uh I like where Indiana is. They're still in the playoff hunt. This could be a big win nip. They're, they're not that far out. They're only like two games out of the last spot in the East. So they have something to really play for. I'm going to go
1: with the Pacers. Okay. Oh man. This is this could be ugly. Now for my same game parlay I'm going to same game parlay the Pistons money line on Friday night versus the Oklahoma City Thunder and the under 217 cuz I don't see how any of these like that one to I don't see neither one of these teams is going to score over 115 points right so I'm taking under 217 and uh Pistons money line on that cuz I'm not messing around with the points in the same game parlay because it's boosted odds anyway
0: All right, here's my lemon pepper parlay for this week, NBA style. I am going to take Washington over New Orleans. And then I'm going to take the over in the Indiana-Utah game. That's my lemon pepper parlay for the week. It's always better with the cheddar, Martin Weiss. From the Detroit East Side Cheddar Boys. Remember what I'm telling you.
1: Hey, and from another Detroit legend, it takes money to make money. So if you've been following me on Twitter on Monday and Tuesday, we can forget about Wednesday, but on Monday and Tuesday, you got a little bit of cash to throw on some of these on Friday. So there you have it.
0: All right. Well, there we are. So make sure you check in next week to the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. The, uh, nba edition martin weiss rob parker uh subscribe like us tell your friends wake the kids call the neighbors and uh, we'll see you next week